0: Welcome to 20th Century Boy, my name is Radio Mike, and this is the Inside of a Mind. Hey guys, how are you? I'm very good. I've had, it's been such a funny week this week. The first thing that I wanted to discuss on the podcast this week was my shock appearance on the Channel 9 reality TV series, The Block, uh, which a lot of people reached out to me about. So this week, I think it must have been like Monday night or something like that, I'm sitting at home minding my own business and suddenly I get an influx of messages from several people that I know and don't know saying that I've just been featured on the Channel 9 show The Block. uh, If you are unfamiliar with The Block I am as well because I don't I I don't think I ever watch free-to-air TV like pretty much at all but The Block to me it seems to be some like shitty trashy reality TV show in which Couples have to build houses, and they get weird challenges that they have to do. Um, anyway, so I'm sitting at home, and my phone starts going off. And keep in mind, like it, it, for for what it's worth, it probably is the number one rating show on Australian television like, and has been for a long time. It's a very popular and successful show, apparently, with over a million views, like, uh, uh, over a million people sit down and watch it on TV whenever it's on, which in Australian TV is, like, a million is probably, like, you know, where the number one shows are sitting, Uh, which is actually kind of crazy, because, like, you think of how many YouTube channels are getting, like, you know, even, like, 200k views, on a YouTube channel is incredible. Like that's a fifth of what the highest rating shows on Australian TV get. But anyway, that's, that's not really important. So suddenly I just get all these messages. For example, this one from Radio Alex J Riddle, was that your head that just got two seconds on the block tonight? And I was like, what the fuck? Because, and I will explain why I was on it, but I had completely forgotten about this. Radio Trap Daddy sent me a message. Welcome to the radio family. Big boy radio mic on the block. Huge. Radio Jazz Miller said, Were you just on the block? My mum got super confused when I started yelling, It's radio Mike!" at the TV and a, a ton more messages. Just a lot of my friends just messaged me. Like one of my bosses that I used to work for, uh, sent me a message and he said, uh, why did you just walk through the shot on the block? And please let me explain. Oh, and also my dad who was in Japan, he was in Tokyo with my mom at the time, sent me a message on WhatsApp, just saying, Hey, my boss just texted me and said, you're on the block. What's with that? And I couldn't even explain it, but essentially this is what happened. The block did some random partnership thing with the radio station I work for where I think the contestants were like pretending to be on air on the radio and I had to panel it and... I think the only reason I got in was because I was like, I went to the bathroom or something and I walked back and the producer was having a really big argument with one of the contestants uh, who was in the studio. And because I was panelling, I had to go walk through the argument because I had to get back behind the panel so I could panel the show. So I had to walk through the shot where the producer and the two contestants were having the argument and I didn't really realize what was going on. So I kind of linger for a sec before going through with the walk through. And I don't know, I just felt like I looked like the biggest idiot, but so many people messaged me about it. That's why I was on the blog. It was just part of my really crazy wacky job. There are a few more announcements I want to make, uh, particularly on the band front. My band Release the Sounds are releasing our album Tomorrow it is out. Uh, you can currently pre order a CD. If you would like to, you can go to releasethesounds.com to buy uh, t shirts, jumpers, and like whatever. But we have now opened pre orders, and pr- maybe by the time you're hearing this, you can order a CD. Of the album. I know CDs are um, like people don't really buy CDs anymore, but we wanted to do them. Me and Jack are going to sign every CD, so our signatures will be on the front. Uh, It also features our cover of Cat Dog, which was the thing that kicked off the band. Uh, That's on the CD, and you'll get a few stickers with the CD as well. And as a special bonus to everyone who listens to this podcast, you can get 10% off any item in the release the sounds.com store, any item, the CD, or you can just use it on the shirts and stuff for 10% off. Uh, just use the code radio at the checkout radio no spaces. I don't think it's, it's a uh, case sensitive, just radio mic, uh, for listeners of 20, 20th century boy, I just wanted to do you know, whatever I could to give you just a little discount. Um, if you wanted to buy a CD, like I said, we'll sign it, we'll throw in some stickers in the package as well. But it's been so crazy, and I'm so excited to put the album out. Uh, I posted on Instagram a little trailer for the album, which was trying to poke fun of those old ads on tv for cds and such uh here's that trailer here for the album everybody's favorite brand new band release the sounds are back with their first ever album featuring hit singles attached to string you were a puppet this whole time you were attached to string and the Instagram song. My best friend liked my post, My old babysitter. She Plus a whopping six more tracks, like Ave Maria. Ave Maria, la bella de mia. You're making me freer. You're making me feel so... Hands up. I should have known better. Pants up. The epic harmonies of Ghost in My Room, which some critics have described as better than anything Queen ever did. Head to releasethesounds.com to buy a CD and remember, ask your parents for permission before you buy. So that's awesome, and I'm so glad we're finally putting it all out. You've heard Attached to String, you've heard the Instagram song, you've now heard, you know, tiny snippets of other songs like Ave Maria, which is possibly one of my favorites on the album Pants Up which has a great story behind it and Ghost in My Room and just as a little added bonus ah, what should I give like all right just for listeners of this podcast I'll give you a little bit of another song the chorus of Don't Put Me On Hold which was one of the very first songs we came up with here's a little bit of that. And man, sharing that, it's, this is just so weird. Like, you know, a few, a month ago, we didn't even have the name of the band out. And now the title, you know, the titles of all the tracks are out. Uh, two of the singles are out with music videos. And now like, you know, those are snippets of, you know, nearly all the songs now. It's really weird. It's super weird that this isn't a secret anymore. And and you don't have to buy the CD. That's just like, I, I, I sometimes like to buy physical media. Like if I really like something, I'll buy like the CD or the vinyl or the the Blu-ray. I love buying physical games. I, I'm not a big fan of digital games. I really like having games in my hand. So yeah, look, if you want the CD, it's a signed CD. It's like, it's a pretty reasonable price. Use the 10% discount. Just type in Radio Mike and we'll send one out to you and we'll throw in a few stickers, as I said. And, but obviously the album will be out on Spotify and Apple Music to stream for free and on YouTube, like it'll be everywhere. So don't stress out about, you know, having to pay money. You don't have to pay money. We w- When we started this, we just wanted to get music out there that we thought was fun and funny and paid tribute to some of our favorite bands. And like, I don't know, for example, the, I always thought uh, when Jack played me the opening riff of Attached to Stream... <laughs> It always kind of reminded me of the opening riff to Blink-182's Stay Together for the Kids. Just stuff like that. Like, I think that song in particular is, you know, sounding like, tried to sound like old school kind of Blink or Green Day pop punk vibes. Um, The other thing is that one of the craziest moments of my life happened this week in relation to the band, Um, So, as many of you may know, because I've mentioned it several times on this podcast... Uh, one of my comedy idols is a guy named Ryan Shelton. Uh, If you don't know Ryan Shelton, he is a comedian and performer and producer who works alongside Hamish and Andy and has worked on all of their TV shows like uh, Gap Year and True Story and pretty much, you know, everything they do in the TV space. He's part of their company, Radio Karate, so he works with them. Um, And because I've done a little bit with Radio Karate, because I worked on Hamish and Andy's new TV show, I'm not sure if I ever officially... Announced that on the podcast. I I worked as a researcher on the upcoming Hamish and Andy TV show, Hamish and Andy's Perfect Holiday, look out for that. So I kind of was lucky enough that I got to sort of work in an office with one of my literal idols of comedy because he used to do spots on Rove back in the day and he used to, he does a lot of really funny Instagram stuff. So, you know, I've become acquainted with him and th- I was near my work the other day walking into the building and I saw Ryan Shelton walking toward me and I waved at him. And as he saw me, he pointed at me and he was wearing a jumper. It was quite a cool day. And he lifted up his jumper. And I was like, what the hell is he doing? He lifted up his jumper and he was wearing a release the sounds t-shirt and he pointed at it. And then he high-fived me and we, and it was just, I don't know. That's insane. Like, someone that I grew up watching on TV and watching on Instagram and YouTube and thought was the funniest person in the world is now wearing a t-shirt of my band with Jack. Like I just thought it was, it was really surreal to me and it really sort of solidified to me how far this radio journey has taken me. And I'm super grateful for it, but it just was absolutely crazy as you know, you can call the podcast at any time, 1-800-GET-FUCKED, one 800 T F K D. 1-800-438-353, which was a phone number that we as a team successfully raised enough money to purchase, and now we own it. Uh, a few voicemails coming in this week, and the idea of the voicemails is just an easy way for you guys to interact with the show. Leave a voicemail, it goes into my email. Uh, you can also just attach one to email, but if you want, just use 1-800-GET-FUCKED. One guy did send me an uh, Instagram. This, this week saying, Hey man, I can't be fucked say, uh, calling 1-800-GET-FUCKED. Here's my message. So I don't know, use it however you want. If you can't be fucked using it, just DM me. It's there for you. Last week was the first week it was up and running. And I did a, a little package that I put together of all of your messages combined. And one message that really caught my attention was from this guy, Radio Nacho Cheese, who had never contributed to the show before and left a very polite message on the 1-800-GET-FUCKED line, which was this. Yeah, good day everyone. It's uh, Radio Nacho Cheese here. It's 7.30am on a Monday morning, and I uh, just want to say uh, good morning to Radio Mike and the Radio family, and uh, have a good week, everyone. Cheers. Radio Nacho Cheese bye Absolutely polite. Absolutely friendly. This is what the Radio family is all about. Things like that. I checked the voicemails this week. Sure enough, another voicemail has come in from... The new best friend of the podcast and Radio Nacho Cheese, welcome again to the radio family and please take 50 mic points for this. He's left another voice message and he's leaving this not just to me, but to all of us. We're all part of this message. He addresses all of us. Here's what he had to say to us. Yeah, g'day, uh, day, Radio Mike. It's, uh, Radio Nacho Cheese here again. Thanks for featuring me in last week's podcast. It's, uh, Monday morning again. This time it's, uh, ten past eight and I'm just here to say... Have a great week, the whole radio family, and yourself, Radio Mike. Cheers, mate. Radio nacho cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that, like, he's decided on his own accord that he's, like, it's his duty to, like, <laughs> on a Monday morning, he, it's his duty to... Give give us a call and make sure he wishes us all a good week and informs us of the current time when he's recording. <laughs> the new best friend of the show, Radio Nacho Cheese. Thank you so much. Hopefully we get another update on, on what time it is next Monday when he's recording. Uh, looking forward to that. Also, I should just say I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of a longer podcast this week just because I feel as though... I have a lot that I want to talk about and usually I try to keep the podcast between like 40 and 50 minutes but to me that just sort of is the average commute time. Some people say they want longer podcasts or more content. It's sort of just you know how I feel. If there's a lot I want to say I'm I just want like sometimes I cut stuff out because I you know think it's too long but I just there's so much stuff I want to talk about. Now I've realized this has wasted pretty much a minute but whatever. I was also on... <laughs> unwillingly, I ended up uh, on the Hamish and Andy podcast this week in what was a triumphant moment uh, for Radio Mike, because one of my claims to fame is that I duxed year 12 IT at my school. I got the highest score in my school for year 12 IT, um, and I consider myself a techno whiz. I beat a guy called David. And David was the top, he was the favorite to to ducks the year level in IT uh, because he was very good at it. And I just, I think I was such an underdog and I came in from nowhere. David, if you're out there, I'm sorry. However, as part of my IT knowledge, one of my greatest skills is my ability to touch type at over 120 words per minute easily. I'm a very fast typer. Um, Some would say exceptionally fast. And someone wrote into the Hamish and Andy show, saying that they could touch type 120 words per minute and whatever, and no one's ever beaten him. And we were in the meeting talk, talking about it, and I just said, that's easy, and I could definitely beat him. And Hamish and Andy said, oh, you have to, to challenge him now. But here comes Radio Mike, suggesting Jake is shit. Now there's a feud between the two, so let's settle it. To I'm not going to tell you who won the challenge. Go and listen to the Hamish and Andy podcast. Uh, you'll, you know, it's a great listen this week's episode. So it's out today. Uh, and here's just a little snippet of something. So basically the guy challenging, I don't, I think his name was Jason or something. He said, uh, he played, he, he, Did a typing challenge against his teacher in year 10, whose name was Miss Ho. And then Hamish asked me this. Mike, do you have a Miss Ho in your life? No, there was one moment before I worked on this show where I worked at a liquor store and a guy came up to me and said, do you sell this product? I typed it into the system and he looked at me and said, wow, you type so fast. I want you to come and work for me to type things up. I'm not joking. Now, obviously, the the job never came to fruition, but this did happen. That is a true story. Just to type up. So that's just a little taster of me on the Hamish and Andy podcast, which was good fun. Go and listen to it all. I'd love for you to check it out. Intern Mike and Siggy Mike are here as always. Uh, Siggy Mike, let's start with you. We always start with uh, Intern Mike. How are you? G'day, Mike. Yeah, not too bad. Footy's over. Grand finals over. Grand finals finished. Uh, I watched the game with a few mates back home. Oh yeah, you're really into your footy, aren't you? You love you love kick to kick with the mates. Yeah, fuck you, yeah, man. I love kick to kick. Love just a bit of you know backyard footy, just kicking the footy around. So watched the final. Boring match. Fucking boring match. Had to step outside. Every If we caught it, smoke a fucking ciggy, I will say fucking bored. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it from my end. Just fucking loving, just sad the footies over. Don't know what to fucking do with myself now. The footy's over. Do you, pl- do you follow any other sports? Nah, man. Just footy. Just fucking love footy. Okay. So, yeah. So you, like, do you have any other interests other than footy? Nah, man. I just all I do is just footy and siggies. I just fucking love footy, footy and siggies. Say, so, yeah. It's just a, It's always quiet for me between these months. Cause uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, I might have to go back to Bali for a bit, just celebrating Bali. But yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. All right, intern Mike. Did you watch the footy on the weekend? Nah. Um. My mum doesn't really let me watch the footy because uh she says it's a violent the players are all violent and it's a bad influence on me what are you allowed to do intern mike like what are you actually allowed to do in your life uh not much i'm still grounded for a year because i failed my history assignment um i don't know I, I'm, 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 my playstation 2 got taken away um Mum says I have to ride my bike with training wheels, which is embarrassing because, like, all the other kids at school don't have training wheels and it's just me that has training wheels. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's not really that fun. I don't know. Yeah, well, how's your your week been? Have you had a good week? Not really. Uh, I got diarrhoea at school and it was during a test and I put my hand up because I, like, knew I had to do diarrhoea. I could feel all the diarrhoea in my bum and... (laughs) <laughs> and I put my hand up but the teacher said... N- no questions during exams, put your hand down. And I said, but sir, I need, and he said, no, no questions. Just keep doing your exam. And then I literally couldn't hold it. So I just diarrhea everywhere. And it squirt because cause my bum was against the chair. It just squirted everywhere and everyone just got diarrhea on them. So we actually all had to go home from school early and the teachers recommended everyone goes to the doctor to just get che- get this, get checked for infections and stuff. Okay. Intern Mike, that's... Where... That's fucked, Intern Mike. It's, I don't know. Sometimes... Some... Like, I asked you how your week's been... And you tell us this story, Every, hundreds of people listen to this podcast, hundreds around Australia, some from all around the world. And you've just told this story about you having explosive diarrhea in a classroom that splattered all over your friends. Yeah, well, I thought I didn't know we were recording yet. We're always recording. Consider anything you say in this studio as going in the podcast into Mike. Can you cut it out or this week? No, we're not cutting it out. But one thing I do want to bring up though, guys, is I did get a weird message on one get fucked this week from editor mike the editor of this podcast he's been away for a few weeks because he moved in with his girlfriend siri uh the robot voice assistant from iphones and he left me this voicemail on 1-800-get-fucked oh hey mike it's uh editor mike here just calling from my new place uh well not my new place i'm living here with Siri. siri's new place it's my old place certainly feels like a new place though um Haven't been at the podcast for a while, this and everyone from the radio family, but uh, just wanted to say, have some big news to tell you and I'll be in next week, hopefully to give you that information then. Okay, thanks guys. Bye-bye. So he said he's coming back into the studio next week and he's got some really big news to tell us. And yeah, I just don't know what it is, but... Do you know, intern Mike, he's your grandfather? No, like, like I said, like mum's been over to visit Siri and my grandpa like once, but yeah, he doesn't really like, he hasn't told us any big news or anything. So yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I I don't know. No, that's all right. I guess we'll find out next week. Uh, moving on. I want to do one of these because we brought this back last week and it was a hell of a lot of fun. (laughs) Radio mics, Rhyme Crime. It's Rhyme Crime, which is a segment in which we expose artists for their crimes in rhyming. Uh rhyming the same word with the same word the I think the worst example we've had of this is Guy Sebastian's choir where he says this Too busy to call or catch up next week and then to the next week and we say maybe next week absolute monstrosity but there has been some contentiousness in this segment that was particularly raised by radio Brody welcome again to the radio family radio Brody he just wanted to make sure. Uh, there's a there's integrity in this segment and I, I appreciate that uh, Radio Brody and I've decided because of this I am going to uh, dub Radio Brody as radio rhyme crime cop. Brody. So Radio Rhyme Crime Cop Brody, you, you know, you are my second in command when it comes to rhyme crimes. You get to check them off. And last week, I believe it was Radio Jabe uh, who sent in Die For Me by Post Malone from his new album, Hollywood's Bleeding, uh, which featured this proposed or alleged rhyme crime. On the podcast, I said I don't believe this is a rhyme crime under Brody's law uh, because he's not actually rhyming the word me and me, he's rhyming die for me and lie to me, uh, which I think approves. Radio Jabe sounded off in the Facebook group for the podcast, facebook.com group slash 20th Century Boy. He said, Radio Jabe here sounding off. When I listened to the song, yes, I was aware that Post may have been trying to rhyme die with lied. However, die and lied do not rhyme and you can quite clearly hear the D in lied. Therefore, he must be rhyming me, me and me. Otherwise, his rhyme is just a complete flop. Radio Radio Rhyme Radio Rhyme Crime Cop <laughs> radio Rhyme Cop Brody replied, this is definitely not a rhyme crime as there is no rhymes being attempted and instead just the repetition of me. Repetition is another technique and not a rhyme. Therefore, no one should be punished. Thanks for the sound off Radio J, but please ensure you have all the facts before accusing someone of a rhyme crime. Yours sincerely, Radio Brody. Thank you very much, uh, Radio <laughs> Radio Rhyme Cop Brody. Maybe it's it's just Rhyme Cop Brody. It, it, sorry, I can't, I'm i not going to say Radio Rhyme Cop. Brody every time because it's too difficult. It just, if, it, if it's not in this segment, you're just Radio Brody. But when this segment is on, you're Rhyme Cop Brody. Um, cool. I'm glad we figured that out. I also did a poll in the group asking you guys to tell us if it was a rhyme crime. And there were three options. The first, it's not a rhyme crime. The second, obvious rhyme crime. And then the third, I just did the Jeff and Big Spaghetti drive radio show on Nova 100. Uh, 24 people voted for the Jeff and Big Spaghetti Drive radio show on Nova 100, seven people voted for It's Not a Rhyme Crime, and three people voted for It's a Rhyme Crime. So, by rule of democracy, I hereby declare Post Malone's Die For Me not a rhyme crime. However, I believe I have found something that rivals even Guy Sebastian's rhyme crime, and I'm really, really sad to report this, and I really didn't want to report this, and maybe Blink-182 fans have caught onto this, but Blink-182 have just released their ninth studio album, which is called Nine. And in one of the most catchy songs on the album, which is called Dark Side, within 10 seconds of this song, you're hit with a pretty fucking blatant rhyme crime. And it's by the new vocalist, Matt Skiba. And Matt, I'll let you do the talking, mate. She's a girl just in black from another world. Lives and breathes like a girl from another world. She'd... Can we please slow down the tape? Dressed in black from another world. Just like a girl from another world. She'd... If I am not mistaken, and I have checked the official lyrics to the song, Matskiba commits an enormous rhyme crime in the first two lines of this song. She's a girl dressed in black from another world. Lives and breathes like a girl from another world. That's that, That's a rhyme crime. Does anyone object? Let me know. But I believe that is a rhyme crime and it pains me to do this. But Blink-182, particularly you, Matt Skiba, you're not allowed to release and help them for three more years because that is a disgraceful rhyme crime to an otherwise incredible song. But now the song is forever tainted and tarnished by your mistakes. Moving on from the segment, and thanks, always submit your rhyme crimes wherever you want to do it. We've had tons. They're really fun. Let's just get them right. And I think today we have proven that we can get rhyme crimes right every single time, because I think every part of today's verdict has been correct. But back onto the Blink-182 album, because this is something I really want to talk about. I do, did wonder whether I do, like... An entire episode about Blink-182, the band, um, which I would like to do something like that talking about my love of that band and my love of their music at some point. But I think today I'm just primarily going to speak about and review their ninth studio album, Nine. Uh, I do talk a lot about this in a podcast I did with Luke Kijel, uh, on his podcast, Memoirs of a White Guy, which I will link in the description to this podcast. Uh, and we talked all about pop punk and a lot about Blink-182. So I will try and uh link to that in the description so check that out if you want a bit more but the weirdest part about this album 9 is for some reason going into it I wanted to hate it and I hate that I've said that out loud but I wanted to hate this album I just feel like you know and for those not familiar with Blink uh their last album, California, their, their, the album before Nine, California, was the first album they've ever done without the original uh, co-vocalist Tom DeLonge, quite a iconic singer in the pop-punk genre, uh, and he was replaced by guitarist and co-vocalist now, Matt Skiba from the band Alkaline Trio. And to be honest, I've always treated bl- the new edition of Blink Without Tom as a new Band entirely with the same name as Blink. Mark Hoppus, who is an absolute legend uh, and an incredible songwriter, uh, he is still in the band and still a very passionate and driving force of the band. Just to make it really clear, Tom DeLong is the guy that sounds like this. And Mark Hoppus was the guy that sounded like this. Hello there. From my nightmare the shadow in the background of the moor. and the thing about blink is they always had two vocalists that was kind of their drawing point they had tom and they had mark so when tom left they got matt in and now matt's doing you know 50% of the vocals on the album and when they put california out the first song they put out was called bored to death <laughs> I was instantly sold on whatever it was that this new Blink-182 was offering because that song, to this day, is still an incredible song that pays tribute to earlier songs in the sense that it felt like there were bits in it like the bridge that sounded a lot like the bridge from feeling this maybe i'll do a comparison here's the bridge from feeling this where mark kind of does these sung rappy kind of vocals to the past and, and maybe tonight i can breathe for a while i not in the scene i think i'm falling asleep. but then all that it means is i'll always be dreaming of you and here's the bridge from bored to death where he does something very similar i think i met her at the minute that the rhythm was set down i said i'm sorry i'm a bit of a letdown, but all my friends are daring me to come over. So I come over and over and over. So let me buy you a drink and we'll pretend that you think that I'm the man of your dreams. Come to life in a dive bar and we'll go over and over and over and we'll go over and over and over. The drum fills at the start of both songs are also very similar, which I really enjoyed. And overall, the vibe of California was like return to the pop punk peak of Blink-182, uh, in the albums Enema of the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which are the albums that had those like upbeat summer sounding pop punk, uh, songs, like All the Small Things, The Rock Show, uh, What's My Age Again, First Date, those big bangin' pop punk songs that are very like glittery, like clean guitars sounding. <laughs> And I loved that album. And any scepticism about Skiba being the band, like, I understand it's different, but he absolutely nailed all of his vocals, including the very first track on California, which was called Cynical, which starts off with Mark for most of the song, you know, this familiarity. There's a cynical feeling saying I should give up. You said everything you'll ever say. Halfway through the song, Skiba belts the fuck into the album introducing himself and almost like a fuck you to any of his doubters or haters with this fucking incredible uh chorus to the song. What's This is so cool. It's different. It's not Tom DeLonge's Blink-182. This is a new Blink-182, and I'm okay with that. And that album was really good. I really liked pretty much all of the tracks. Well, most of the tracks on that I really, really enjoyed. Um, particularly Bored to Death, Los Angeles, Sober, No Future, Home at Well, Yeah, most of the album. So... For some reason nine I just didn't want to like because I was like nah it can't be good it just cannot be good and a lot of singles dropped before the album dropped for example, the first single was called "Blame it on my Youth you can never kill my heart. which I didn't particularly like. I didn't think it was amazing. And I was like, oh, I just don't know about this. And the production on the album is so clean. Like almost, it sounds so manufactured pop punk, whereas Blink, they always had at least a little bit of rawness, even in, you you know, it was never so clean that it sounded so like mass produced. But this album really does. And that's probably my main criticism of it. But the more I listened to it, the more I just started to love Every single track. And I was just like, fuck, this is actually a really good album. A massive shout out to the song Generational Divide, which is about halfway through the album. And it's a very short punk song that's about 48 seconds in length. Uh, And it sounds. I love Mark's vocals singing the lyrics. Is it better now? Are we better now? Because this song is very distinct uh, on the album. It's very uh, heavy. It's very angry and angsty. It really evokes the 2003 Untitled Blink era, particularly like songs like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> well as heavier and more mature, angrier songs, mark songs like Heart's All Gone, one of the singles from the follow-up to the untitled album, which was called Neighborhoods. Yeah, and I can't help but feel as though this song Generational Divide and the lyrics that mark is quite uh profoundly singing is it better are we better now are we better now and he's playing a heavy riff with aggressive vocals is him just trying to like mock his critics who it seems ever since that untitled album everything blink has done people like fans and critics have been like oh you know it's you know it's not as good they're playing it safe they're not doing and every you know bands always get to this point where it's like oh you know then they're, they're, it's not as good as what it used to be it you know the, the, the new stuff sucks it's not as good and you know mark's like almost openly mocking that with these lyrics like is it are we better now are we fucking better now because all the even fans are like oh fuck the new blink blink hasn't been blink since tom left and it's like mark is very self-aware i really respect mark and his passion to innovate and make music that he wants to make and the song generational divide just feels like a massive fuck you to anyone who hates on his band or thinks that he has to keep making the same kind of music for the rest of his life the 2003 blink 182 untitled record is probably my favorite album of all time and I think it is a masterpiece and an opus of its genre um, and it's incredible Should I go back? Should I go back? do a full review of that album at some point in the future, Uh, just not today. A lot of people are saying that Nine, the album, is like the spiritual successor to Blink-182's untitled album, and it's not. It's not even remotely that. It it doesn't come close to what that album was, but that's not me saying this is a bad album. It's just not the spiritual successor of the untitled album, because the untitled album was something else entirely. It was like a piece of music that was so meticulously planned and thought out and thematic and conceptual in every way. And I don't think this, I don't think that nine is that at all. That's not an insult to nine because I don't think any album that Blink does will ever match what Untitled was. But generational divide is a great callback to to that album, if anything. Um, and then probably the standout on the album to me so far, is the song Pin the Grenade, uh, which is just a really fun, upbeat, but kind of angsty pop punk song with one of the best pop punk choruses I've heard in a long time. Hey, 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 hey. Dark Side, aside from its rhyme crime, is also extremely catchy, and Skeba's vocals in it are really, really good as well. And one of the other singles, I Really Wish I Hated You, is also another, although it's like a whiny teen. A pop punk song that is far out of the age dem like that someone like Mark, who is surely going to be 50 soon, probably shouldn't be writing. Like, I would like the own my only criticism of Mark Hoppus's songwriting is that he's still writing about teenage issues. I don't really like myself without you, every song I sing is still about. Um, And I think that's just because he loves the genre and he's such a pioneer of the genre that he doesn't feel like he has to write anything else. But there are some songs, particularly on that Untitled album, that show that he's so much more capable of writing about more adult things for example the song here's your letter from the 2003 untitled album is an incredible uh, piece of music by Mark uh, which in which the lyricism deals with uh, struggling with social anxiety and miscommunication and not being able to communicate uh, big issues with people around you here's a One of the main things I've realized about blink as I've become a more like emotionally stable mid twenties person is I no longer need their music. When I was a teenager, every single song they had, I related to the lyrics, you know, they talked about breakups. They talked about girls, not liking you. They talked about fighting with friends. Like, you know, those were songs I needed at that time of my life when I was in my teens Now I don't need that music. And the reason I listen to those songs is because they bring back those memories. They bring back those feelings, right? Which is why, like, I'm not necessarily, like, connecting with a lot of these lyrics the same way that I would have probably 10 years ago. Again, not a bad thing, but it's like, a lot of the reason I listen to Blink Now is for nostalgia as opposed to connection. Now there's other music I listen to, to um, relate to something or to relate to lyricism. Now I listen to Blink for nostalgia. However, like this album is really good. It kind of weans a bit to the end, towards the end. Like I don't love any of the last, you know, few tracks, but overall, like it's been on rotation all week A few of you have sent me messages talking about the album as well. Radio Killian sent me a message saying I was really surprised how much I like Blink-182's new album 9. Radio Just Connor said I really wish I hated you is one of my favourite songs at the moment. Radio Green Bastard, welcome to the radio family, he said I really like Pin the Grenade and Darkside but some of the songs are way too poppy. And I don't necessarily like i he says it's not great but not terrible and that's totally fine take all of you take 10 my points as well and that's that's a completely fine a, a assessment i don't know if it's necessarily poppiness of the songs that that you're thinking of i think it's the cleanness of the production um there's not much of an edge to any of the production on this album it's just very clean the vocals are very like clearly corrected vocals or at least like you know there's the vocals don't feel like they're raw. They feel like they've been pitch corrected or like overlaid or, or something like that. We're reaching about, yeah, we're, this is going to be a long episode, but that's fine. Uh, there's something I really want to talk about very quickly. Uh, all based on a voicemail that came in on 1-800-GET-FUCKED that said this. Hey Mike, just curious. Have you ever wondered if Shrek could do a shui? Thanks. So the answer to your question, anonymous a caller, please leave your name, radio, whoever you are, when you submit. Otherwise, I can't give you mic points. Um, the answer to your question is, yes, I do think he could. Uh, but then I thought, does Shrek wear shoes? Because I couldn't picture it. But then I thought, well, I definitely can't picture Shrek's feet, which means he must be wearing shoes. And I did look at it. He does seem to be wearing some kind of lace-up shoe or even boot in his official artwork. So yes, I do believe Shrek could do a shoey, And I found this very interesting and then totally, but semi-related. And I've been wanting to do this segment on the show for some time now, like something like this. And I have talked about it in the Facebook group. So using Shrek as an example, I would like to do the very first official version of this segment. (laughs) Pokemon teams for fictional characters. It is what Pokemon teams would fictional or real life characters have. The premise of this is you come up with a fictional character, in this case Shrek, and you need to choose six Pokemon that Shrek would have that analyzes his character, right, that says everything you need to say about Shrek through his Pokemon. I actually did post a picture in the group some time ago now, it must have been a very long time ago, uh, that was Harry Potter's Pokemon team. And it was really cool. Maybe I'll repost it. But someone made this artwork of Harry Potter who had a Pikachu with a lightning bolt scar because Pikachu is electric and the lightning bolt scar had a Noctowl, which is an owl Pokemon for Hedwig a Sawsbuck, which is a deer or a stag uh, for the Patronus and for Harry's dad. An Arbok, which is a cobra Pokemon, a big snake, uh, obviously for his connection to Voldemort. And then I said I would also add stantler, another deer, but p- perhaps a more feminine deer when compared to Sawsbuck, to represent the doe in Harry's mum, as well as a Mighty ena because a Mighty ena is a big, black, shaggy dog, similar to Sirius Black and Omagus form. So it's that kind of thing and it's a cool thing that I always like to see online. So what would Shrek's Pokemon team be? Well I thought about it for a while and it all became very clear very quickly. His first Pokemon would be a Mudbray which is the Donkey Pokemon and it actually looks a lot like Donkey. I'll make something up on Photoshop of this to show you guys but yeah his first pokemon is Mudbray, which looks a lot like donkey his second pokemon is a talking meowth like team rocket that wears boots and that represents puss in boots because meowth is a cat that stands on two legs so i think he would work really well for puss in boots next up he has a gardevoir now a gardevoir is a psychic type a psychic and fairy type pokemon that basically is probably one of the f- few Pokemon that resembles a humanoid shape. And she, it basically looks like it basically could pass as a princess. Like a, a, it's a very feminine Pokemon and she represents Princess Fiona. From there, I was a little bit stuck, but it became quite easy for me when I remembered that there's a Pokemon called Swampert from generation three, which is like a big mud skipper kind of Pokemon uh, that lives in a swamp. Uh, And I thought that that was a really good fit and and Shrek would definitely have a swampert living in his swamp. Next up at number five is Toxicroak, the poison frog Pokemon. And that's to represent Fiona's dad, who is a toad in disguise. And finally, he would have a Charizard, which represents dragon, a female Charizard at that, that is married to the Mudbray. There you have it. That is Shrek's Pokemon team. Mudbray, the donkey Pokemon to represent donkey. Meowth, the cat Pokemon to represent puss in boots. Gardevoir for Princess Fiona. If anyone can think of a better match for Princess Fiona, that'd be great. Toxicroak for the king and Charizard for dragon. It's quite a good team. I will post a picture of this in the group and start sending in your fictional character Pokemon teams. I would love to see them. Okay, let's wrap up today's episode and read a little bit of Harry Potter and the Boys. Harry Potter and the Boys, a live reading by Radio Mike. You're a wizard, Harry. I watch. Of... If you're new to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. I hope you're having a great time. I hope you're enjoying your stay with us. Please come back anytime. Harry Potter and the Boys is a segment on this show in which We read, well, I read, you listen, to my Harry Potter fan fiction that I wrote when I was in year seven at my school. Uh, It's 50 years after the original Harry Potter. Harry is headmaster now. Ron and Hermione are teachers. The main characters are a bunch of boys at Hogwarts, and they're the boys in the title. Uh, Harry Potter and the Boys. It's quite a humorous and self-referential book. Uh, I've talked a lot about the influences in past episodes, so if you're starting at this episode, go back. Learn a bit more. Learn a little bit more about what the fuck is going on here. We're about to start chapter 16, Hidden Power. Uh, And it starts like this. Derek was in the expelled common room. It was the last day of term and the expelled common room is Derek at the start of the book got, got expelled by the sorting hat. So Harry Potter created a new house for him called expelled. And he's the only student in that house in two days. It was Christmas Gemini Jones was, was in the common room too. He had made friends with Derek. So Gemini Jones was a character who appeared ages ago in a chapter of this book who just hasn't been mentioned for, for months. I, I, if anyone wants to find out the last time Gemini Jones was mentioned in the, anyway, okay. Uh, A voice boomed on the school's PA system. Attention everyone, this is a reminder that Derek is a disgrace to all wizards, boomed the PA. Oh, and also, could Derek please come to Professor Granger's office immediately? <laughs> Derek stood immediately apologized to Gemini and walked out of the room. He had been having some singing lessons with Mr. Charger lately and had learned some new songs. One of these songs seemed to be the words to You Raise Me Up to the tune of American Idiot, (laughs) if you can ever imagine what that would sound like. Someone cover that, please. As he was walking to Hermione's office, he saw Michael and Rob, who were just walking back. Hi, Derek said, but the boys were way too busy to listen to Derek. They had to go and tell the others what they had seen. There you are, said Luke, as they walked around a corner. We've been looking for you for ages, said Sam. Sorry, but we've got to tell you something, said Rob. They explained everything. And and Michael and Rob have just come back from visiting a memory of Hermione's in which they find out a lot of things, including that a student at the school called Harold is actually a basilisk in disguise. "'Harold? Harold's the basilisk? I mean, we've been seeing a basilisk in our dreams, and that's Harold?' asked Lockie. "'Yeah,' said Michael. Harold walked into the Gryffindor common room. "'Why, hello!' he said. "'How are you, boys?' Harold, we have to talk to you, Sam said. Oh, well, he pulled out a small diary. (laughs) No, I'm all booked out, boys. Sorry, he said. Bye. Look, we know it's you. You're a basilisk. A were basilisk, said Michael. How? Harold asked, looking puzzled. Yes, how? said Michael. How? how? how dare you? Harold screamed we'll read a bit more. So, so Harold is a were which means I guess he turns into a basilisk on a full moon. Um, meanwhile, in Hermione's office, Mr. Derrickson, I think you should sit down. There is a lot for me to tell, said Hermione. Derrick sat down. Now, Mr. Derrickson, you are no ordinary wizard. I think that you have some unusual powers. Unusual powers? Me? Asked Derek. Yes. Unfortunately, you, Hermione said. Yay! Screamed Derek and it's got like 15 exclamation marks. <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. Uh, that is the end of the podcast. We didn't actually end up going too long, which is good. Guys, check out the album on Spotify and iTunes tomorrow. It should, To be honest, it should be up at midnight on this Thursday. Um, check it out. Let us know what you think. I would love to hear your feedback on what songs you enjoyed, what songs you really like. And, like, I'd love to hear covers. I'd love to hear people singing the songs. I think a lot of them are quite catchy. So, please get around it. Share the album with your friends on Spotify. Show the songs to your friends. Learn the words to your friends. Perform them at your local talent show. Um, Show the podcast to your friends. Tell them about the funny moments. Tell them about all the stupid shit intern Mike does, like doing a big fat diarrhea in an exam at school. Uh, That'd be awesome. I'd really appreciate that. Leave a review on iTunes. That always really, really helps out the podcast. And also call 1-800-GET-FUCKED or email me on radiomikepod at gmail.com. Tweet me at Twitter, it's radiomike. Instagram, me on Instagram, radio.mike. Uh, it would be great to hear from you. I love hearing from all of you and this show is built on the people. So please continue to contribute every week. Is there anything else that I needed to say? I usually t- I usually have a few dot points written down. Um, Let's just see. Okay, 20th Century Boy, next episode. The Block, Ryan Shelton wearing a shirt, voicemail from Nacho Cheese, album, 10% discount, Hamish and Andy typing challenge, Rhyme Crime, Blink-182, Shrek, we Harry Potter and the Boys. Oh, and uh, my name is Radio Mike and this has been the inside of my mind. Catch you later.